0: hey everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only ms alaska hi (laughs) how are you doing today that's such a lovely hello i feel so welcome
1: I don't know what that is. I think it's a little of the, like, Ariel Versace, like, um, Yeah, no, good. How are you doing?
0: I'm okay, waking up. I mean, it's earlier where you are. Are you you West Coast, I'm assuming?
1: Where are you at? I'm in New York City. Okay. East Coast, baby. Yeah, no, I fully just woke up, but no, it's chill. It's great. It's It's earlier where you are.
0: Well, you know about, you're from Pennsylvania, so you're an East Coast boy
1: originally. A little bit, yeah,
0: yeah. What have you been up to during this quarantine, during this year? How is LA doing these days? Lots of friends out there, but I've yet to be out there.
1: No, I mean, it's weird. um, Because some people, you know, some people uh, think that there's this, horrible pandemic going on. I'm one of those people and I think it's been really difficult and really hard. And uh some people just uh have chosen to ignore that there's a pandemic going on. So it's like there's multiple um existences living concurrently next to one another. So it's like it's like an episode of Black Mirror all the time. Um
0: I get it. That's kind of <laughs> how it is here. And like I guess that's kind of how it's been everywhere really. Yeah. Do you love living in L.A.? Do you love the L.A. life?
1: Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's, um, the weather is nice all the time and it's consistent, you know, and consistency is key. It
0: is. (laughs) I should, I'm going to be coming out there soon, hopefully,
1: you... What is the weather like in New York? Is well,
0: it... it's nice now. Now it's nice. It wasn't, but it's like it broke. It's, it broke. It's warm. I think. Good. I think it's time. You moved to LA originally to break into acting.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. And instead, drag swallowed me whole. It swallowed you whole. How did you? Yes.
0: How did you break into, like, you, you didn't do drag until you were in L.A., right? Like, you never did drag as a child or anything like that.
1: Well, I mean, I've always been doing drag. I mean, ever since I was, you know, ever since I was allowed to, you know, I see, I wasn't allowed most of the time. But whenever, like, I would get around grandma at grandma's house and she would let me play in the tennis dresses, diva, it was on. But, like, no, I mean... I've always, uh, I was always dabbling, but once I left college and I moved to Los Angeles, I was like, okay, I'm going to get serious and I'm just going to go be an actor. That's what I went to school for. That's what I'm going to do. And then I realized that I had no patience or talent or in- interest in doing the, thi- the hard work that goes into acting. So like I just started doing drag t- for fun because I didn't know what else to do. And then I got jobs doing drag. So it was like, Oh, cool.
0: (laughs) Did you start getting jobs like right away? Like were you good at it right away or did you go through that whole like, Oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing and I better figure this out and refine everything.
1: Well, I wouldn't say I was really, I, I wouldn't say I was good at drag, but I really loved drag and it did. And and I guess not being good at drag kind of is what made me stand out in like the West Hollywood scene because this is where the most beautiful, talented, sickening drag queens all go to is West Hollywood, and so I was this sort of like rough, kind of gender fuck, kind of like, uh, just like, but really crazy looking a drag queen so yes i ended up getting jobs like hosting or like being the door girl at foo bar so i would be the freak out on the street corner that people would stop and like wonder what is going on here there must be some freaky shit inside if this is what's outside
0: (laughs) i love it i love it so how was alaska born like where did her look come from
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, I always answer marijuana, because that's usually where it comes from. Uh, That's a good answer. That's sort of... Right. I mean, she's named after Alaskan Thunderfuck, which is a strain of marijuana, and I stole the name from that. And the sort of, like, the backstory of being from outer space sort of um, came from just, like, being smoking marijuana first of all but also being like this sort of like wacko weirdo in the land of los angeles i did feel like an alien that that was lost on a on a planet that wasn't my own um so i guess it came from that the look i don't i've been doing the same look forever i was like i the the hair needs to be blonde because it photographs better in the club um the the uh the hair has to be big because i have a big head so we have to balance it out And, um, and I have to just, I don't know, be, be running around in my underwear and high heels. That's it. Or a gown, a gown or my underwear. There's nothing in between.
0: And did you, did you go to like an extent of like having like a whole backstory before Alaska was born? Did you give her like
1: this whole backstory to a large extent? Well, the backstory is what really, I mean, I, I feel like it sort of channeled itself into my brain and it was like, she's from outer space, she's from the planet Glamtron uh, and her, her spacecraft crash landed on earth and, um, and now she's, she's, stuck on, she's stuck in Hollywood and she's trying to get enough Twitter followers to get her spaceship back up and running.
0: It's all about the Twitter followers <laughs> and the Instagram followers And now Clubhouse.
1: Are you on Clubhouse? What the fuck is Clubhouse? What is that? Um, What is that? I've never heard of that.
0: Well... I have been on it for about four weeks. Some people have been on it for about nine months. It's like, you have to be invited. It's not that exclusive. Any You could be invited. It's not that hard. And it's literally, you could like jump into and have conversations like all over the world. That's the easiest way. It's literally just another, it sucks you in. So you can like right now, jump into someone's conversation. Now, if you jump in as Alaska, they're going to call you up on the stage. I can guarantee you that. And you can't be an alias it's this whole thing where there's like a stage up top and those are the people that are allowed to speak. But like, so, yeah. So like, if you want to just, you could like jump into a conversation now like in China and listen to what they're talking about. It's the, the, the technology is crazy. I personally think this is amazing for quarantine. I don't know who's going to be sitting on their phone listening to all these conversations. The world is open, but I'm secretly hoping that it doesn't become a thing cause I, I'm over it. But anyway, okay, so you're not on Clubhouse.
1: No, not yet.
0: And so before Alaska, right, so you came, you felt like an alien amongst this whole, like, West Hollywood
1: scene. Yeah. Yeah, I did, because I was. I was, you know, I was a wacko girl. But but that being said, I mean, everyone was really nice to me. Like, I just remember, like, how how welcoming and lovely like people like Morgan McMichaels were and and Tammy Brown and on China. like we were all running around the same places at the same time like at the birth of RuPaul's Drag Race and um they, they were lovely and it was a lovely sense of community and it didn't matter that you know I kind of looked I, I looked a, a I looked like a busted mess but they didn't care they liked me because I was nice
0: They liked you because you were nice. (laughs) Because I am
1: from Pennsylvania. That's what we do.
0: Seriously, people from Pennsylvania are nice. Mm -hmm. People from lots of places are nice. I'm, you know, New York and LA, that's a whole nother story. Now, so you're doing drag, you're living life. So in 2009, season one, there's this new thing called Drag Race. You applied yeah. seasons one through four, you applied and didn't get it. You just, you wanted to do mm-hmm. drag race.
1: I did. I did. Cause I saw what it was doing for my, you know, for my contemporaries in drag. I saw that it was like really making their careers take off. And, and I remember seeing, uh, seeing Raven's Facebook followers, 'Cause that was my metric of success at the time. And it was like she had like she had a lot more than everybody else. And I was like, I want some of that shit right now. So I so then I, you know, I started taking the auditioning process more seriously and I start, started really taking drag more seriously because I was like, if I'm gonna get on this show, I need to be good. I need to be good like these other girls. <laughs> so I kept auditioning.
0: And you never thought like, oh, you never got discouraged. You're just like, all right, let's just go back next year. Do, do they give you oh. feedback too when, when you don't get it? Like, do they say, do this differently, come back next year? Or it's just like, you didn't get it. It's crickets and they move
1: on. Well, the first year they sent me like a, like a note, like a handwritten note that was like, we loved your audition. We think you're fantastic. It didn't work out this time, but uh, maybe you can audition next year. So that was really sweet, but like then it's like no, they're running a TV show; they don't have time to like handhold everyone who's auditioning. I understand that, yeah, and like um, so no, it just became like nope, didn't get it, nope, and and you know, I would like to say, oh no, I never gave up and I never got discouraged. No, I get discouraged on a daily basis, but but it's like it's like that's okay as long as you like at at some point get the fuck up and just do the work again. Yeah. You know,
0: eventually you just get over it and you're like, okay, I'm not discouraged anymore. I get it. I think that's just anyone in the entertainment business. Like we deal with lots of ups and
1: downs. We do. And there's always going to be a hundred no's and a hundred closed doors until there's one that that opens.
0: Yeah. Um, so what was different in season five? Like, did you do anything different? Was that the season you just didn't care and you're like, I don't care and I did what? Did you? Can you see you did something different in the application process to get the show?
1: I don't, I mean, I don't, I had started wearing nails and I had figured out what a lace front wig was. So those were big advancements for me. Te- technologically, I had figured out, I had really felt like I cracked the code of drag because I was wearing nails. Um, but no, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I read RuPaul's book, which I think helped. And I started like kind of referencing referencing her, uh, which I recommend to anyone who's auditioning for the show. Is like re- read RuPaul's books, uh, Cause I don't know. It's like reading the Bible.
0: It can't hurt. Right. If you want to get onto drive race.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, it worked out pretty good. I mean, you were runner up, so that ain't so
1: bad. Not so bad at all. And you know, it was, it was a magical experience.
0: Did you want to take Jinx Monsoon out and like, you know, trip her, push her down a flight of stairs or anything like that?
1: I didn't personally I mean I love Jinx and there's there's really like you can't help but love Jinx she's a she's an open-hearted wonderful person was I extremely like jealous and consumed by like feelings of like inadequacy Uh, yes I absolutely was I mean there were there were times when I was a fucking rotted rotted person during that time period um but you know, I mean that that never affected my friendship with Jinx because she's a fucking, she's an amazing person. I love.
0: We like much. Jinx. So some of the guest judges. I have a quick round of rapid fire questions from that. Season. <laughs> okay. We'll start with the legendary Miss Camille Grammar.
1: Oh yes. Mm-hmm.
0: How is she around all of the girls? I've.
1: I've always thought she was so stunning and I love that she has dark eyes and blonde hair. That's like, it's like, that makes me tingle inside. I, I think she's so lovely.
0: We love her. What about Latoya Jackson?
1: Latoya Jackson read me for filth. She, she, uh, tore me to shreds on the runway. She said, I looked like a sad bridesmaid. She said, I don't have it. I just, she just, That Alaska, she just doesn't have it. She doesn't have what it takes. So like, no, me and Latoya, we we need to have a reunion episode. We do.
0: Well, I'm here for that if you'd like to have a reunion episode. All right.
1: I'm down.
0: What about Chaz Bono? Listen, if there's ever been a year to make the moms in your life feel loved and appreciated on Mother's Day, this is the one. It's been so much harder for me to see my mother over the past year. And that's why, for me, it was so important that she felt appreciated this Mother's Day after everything we've been through. I only thought of one way that I could accomplish that, and that was StoryWorth. It's an online service that helps your mom, grandmother, mother-in-law, every mother figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal experiences. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a different story prompt. Questions like, what is some of the best advice your mother ever gave you? If you could choose any talents to have, what would they be? For me, I went deep. I asked my mother what her biggest fear was, what she felt she missed out on life by not doing, what is she most afraid of. Listen, if you guys read the testimonials, On Storyworth, they will literally move you to tears. For me, it's brought me and my mother and my whole family closer together. And I feel that that's so much more important now than ever because a lot of families can't be together. After one year, Storyworth will compile all of your mom's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. I am learning so much more about my mother through this process. I can't even begin to tell you the things that I have learned from my mother. I found out she wanted to be an actress. I'm like, is that where I get it from? Is it in the, my jeans? Listen, give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash velvet. You get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash velvet for $10 off. This will bring you and your mom, your whole family, so much closer together, guys. There's no better gift that I can think of for Mother's Day.
1: Chaz Bono, lovely, hilarious, uh, icon, stunt trailblazer,
0: trailblazer, yeah. and finally, Mister. He's had a serious moment in quarantine. What about Leslie Jordan?
1: Oh my gosh! So funny, so lovely. Um Leslie Jordan, I Leslie Jordan, I th- I think uh Le- Leslie Jordan is one of the funniest people out there, naturally. One of those people that sort of like Lawrence Cheney who can just sort of like sit there and like eat a bowl of cereal and it's like really, really funny.
0: So everyone was nice backstage. You see, I'm like, am I a shitster? Like I'm like there was no
1: drama you know with anybody. You want the drama. You want the tea. Well, the thing is, though, um, there there was no backstage anything because we really just, the only interaction was what we have on stage. However, um, Juliet Lewis, I think, was, like, sort of, they had to, like, pause production for a second because she was, like, wandering around the set, like like just like on the the studio lot was just like wandering about and like left and they were like has anyone seen Julia? Has it, does anyone have eyes on Juliet Lewis? So they like lost Juliet Lewis at one point. That was funny. And um uh the the uh the mo- the model, the supermodel Sharp Sharpova.
0: Oh she was there? Okay.
1: Yeah. She came over and said hi to us in the parking lot, and so did the Pointer Sisters.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: So they were chill and lovely and just wanted to hang out with the girls.
0: Somehow, picturing Juliette Lewis wandering around does not, like, <laughs> that, that makes complete sense to me.
1: It made perfect sense, yeah. and it was everything I wanted.
0: That makes complete sense to me.
1: Yeah. So then...
0: All-Stars. You went back for All-Stars season two. I did. I take it you had no red, like you didn't think twice about going back. You were like sign me up.
1: Well, it was a unique time because All-Stars one had happened and I don't know. I mean, it was sort of like a short season and like the response wasn't really wasn't really great to All-Stars one. So we thought they're not going to do all-stars anymore because it didn't work out. Right. So it was a unique time because we were like, well, that's not going to happen. RuPaul was even on talk shows saying like all-stars is not going to happen again, y'all stop talking about it online. But the kids were all talking about it online. They were all, and and my name was always one of the names that came up as like someone who was going to be there. I was writing cunty lyrics and songs saying, I'll see you on an All Stars, bitch. Yeah. Like, just like toying with the idea. And I think it, it, and then it eventually happened. And I was like, oh shit, I actually have to like get some clothes together and go do this thing. Now I'm
0: See, you like willed it into existence or you uh, sang it
1: into. Well, <laughs> I think RuPaul willed it into existence. <laughs>
0: Yes. I mean, listen, it all comes down to Runa, doesn't it?
1: It does.
0: Did you? I'm
1: glad she did.
0: Uh, you and me both and i'm sure a lot of other people too did you go back like you know with a vengeance like i've talked to people that you know on all different reality shows like when you go back for all stars you're like i have a vision i studied i am this is what i did wrong or were you just like were you like i'm gonna win and i don't care or was it just like all right you know thanks for inviting me to the party and i want to win or did you go back like so tunnel vision like i gotta win this thing
1: I was very tunnel vision and I was very like I was like, I don't I don't want to win. I have to win. And so I was very I I wish that I would have gone in and just been like, Oh, I'm just gonna have a good time and do my best and you know, enjoy the process. Um, because it would have been easier on my like psyche. But no, I went in a lot of pressure on myself. Um and, um, yeah, I mean, that's how I went in i i I wish I would have just gone in and smoked a joint and like had a good time with my sisters, but you won, so it worked out <laughs> i guess I guess it worked out okay
0: <laughs> i I think it you know it worked out, and you had you had like you know you were emotional at your win, mm-hmm, what was the best and worst part just about? just drag race in general, like, or all-stars, like what's the best thing about it? And what's the worst thing?
1: Um, uh, well, I mean, the worst thing was like, um, the, the sort of like pressure I was putting on myself was, was horrible. And, and it manifested as me like throwing a fit on camera. And I, I, I thought that was, a good idea at the time and it it wasn't (laughs) it was it was a it was a really ugly moment um but i mean i don't know i i guess i i don't know i mean it's i haven't even like gone back and watched it but we're going to eventually because we do the podcast and we're eventually going to get to all stars too so i'm gonna have to really have to sit down and watch it again yeah
0: so you'll have to do not like watch. I mean, I hate listening to this podcast. Like, do you hate listening to your own podcast or watching yourself on TV or in performances? The wait is over. That's right. A season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu.
1: No, I love listening to my own podcast. I do listen to it, and it cracks me up. I love it. Really? Um, no, All Stars 2 is like, I was just in such a weird, like, mind space at the time. It was, it was a really weird time. And um, I, so I haven't gone back and like dove back in, but I'm going to, it's going to come. It's going to happen.
0: That's going to be well, right. Like, you know, and then the season's over and you know, there was a lot of criticism of you from being on the show and all of that. Mm-hmm. Do you go, like, did you go down that? Well, there was a little bit. Yeah. But You know, I mean, did you, are you the type that goes, cause I mean, you know, look, it's it's even worse now. Like it's not getting better for any of these girls or housewives or anyone like, did you go down that rabbit hole of like reading the comments and, or were you just always above that? Cause some people never go there and others go there and don't leave. And then others go there and eventually come out the other side.
1: Well. I've always been like, I don't, I don't read the comments and I don't, you know, I mean, I don't even scroll down there because it's not, it's not for me. Um, And it's really, really mean. Um, Typically like it just skews mean and negative and it does better if the meaner and more negative it is. So like, I don't go, I don't go there, but no, when it was the whole, like Alaska's a snake thing, that was like, that wasn't it it pierced through just like it was I it it was my entire existence it was like I wasn't like having to seek it out and read the comments like it was just there and it was constant and it was a barrage so I guess like I guess that happening like uh allowed me to sort of like put turn like like, know when I need to, like, turn it off and put it aside and realizing that, like, social media is not everything and it is not my actual existence and realizing that there's some concrete shit right here in front of me that doesn't exist there. And then I could sort of, like, deal with that and, and use it, use it as a tool, use it for fun, but realizing that it's not everything.
0: That's good that you realize that kind of early on because not everybody does I hope
1: that everyone, I hope that everyone is able to deal with or like realize that and coming out of this pandemic it's extremely it's extremely difficult to differentiate what the real world is because the real world has so much become filtered through this thing which is is extremely dangerous actually i mean you look you it it literally got to the point where it had people running into the Capitol building and trying to break the fucking windows down and fucking murder people. So, like, it it really is tangibly uh, important to realize that there's, like, a real life that is outside of social media and the phones.
0: I would agree. I mean, I would hope when the world opens that we all just put our phones down for a minute, right?
1: I want to put mine in a blender, actually, yes.
0: I have dreams every night of just (laughs) not going on social media for even 24 hours and then I wake up and I'm like,
1: here we are. That sounds so lovely, that sounds sickly.
0: A blender would be great. Yeah, truly. So I have to tell you, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting in front of me and I'm kissing her ass, but one of the greatest moments in Housewives, I mean, in Drag Race history, see, I have Housewives on the mind, is uh-huh. talking about you being a snake and you're proving you're not a snake, and then you take that Aviva Drescher leg and you throw it. <laughs> I mean, like, any shout out to my girl, Miss Aviva Drescher, that that's, I mean, one of the top five moments for me in Drag Race. story. So, how did you decide to do that and pay homage to Miss Drescher?
1: It's so funny you're saying her name, I- 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 Eviva Drescher. Eviva, yeah. See, I didn't even know. I, I, I have seen The Housewives here and there, but I just knew it as like sort of a. It was a thing that it was one of those memes that it was just like everywhere. It was like, it was like Oprah saying what like it was like that level of memedom at the time and so i was like i don't know i just want to be stupid and reference this thing that you know so it's not i I didn't you saw i don't even know who i didn't see that episode i don't know who really aviva dresher is but i thank her for making that moment that magic moment
0: she she took off the leg and she threw it at La Cirque in New York City. So that's
1: fierce.
0: <laughs> that was and that you listen, if you Google your name, that's one of the first things that comes up. Like that's now an iconic moment for you too. I mean a lot of other things, but that's right up there. But
1: <laughs> And I had to put that little boot scooter shoe on it too.
0: Bing, that was my question. So it's not like you watch the Housewives so you're glued to your TV and like a huge like Bravo Housewives fan or anything like that. I need to talk to you guys about Apostrophe. It's a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Now, here's the thing you guys know. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work, go see a doctor, sit in line at the pharmacy and wait for your medications. Not anymore. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You get treated immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. All you have to do is fill out their online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then you snap a few selfies. How fun is that? And your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. It treats acne, but Apostrophe does a lot more than just that. They also can help you with your other skincare goals, like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. I filled out the survey. Of course, my I was concerned with wrinkles, so that's why I went on. Filled out the survey. Literally, somebody got in touch with me so quickly. The medicine arrived right to my front door. I've already started using it. It's just as simple as that, and you don't even have to leave your home. Listen, you get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash velvet. So go to apostrophe.com slash velvet and use the code velvet. This code is only available to all of you who are listening to this podcast. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash velvet and click begin visit. Then use the code velvet at sign up and you get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com slash velvet. Use the code velvet to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. It really is so easy. I'm so glad I found apostrophe. It's for acne, it's for wrinkles, it's for dark spots, really any of your skincare goals. That's apostrophe.com slash velvet. Use the code velvet at checkout and you get $15 off.
1: No, but, when I, but if I'm like on a plane or something, it's a, great, it's, it, it's a great thing to dive into. And I do find it really captivating.
0: Do you think Alaska would be good for the Housewives franchise?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I need, like, I need a structure. Like, I need the challenge structure. If... I don't work good if you just put me in a house and say, "Okay, be crazy or be, be entertaining." I'm like, you need to give me something to do. You need to tell me I have to make a fucking a gown out of garbage bags uh, in 30 minutes. That I and then walk down a runway and then tell jokes. I can do that, but like, don't put me in a room with people and just get us drunk and see what happens. Like, I'm not cut out for that. That's what this is. I'll do that privately, but like with a camera crew, no, I know that that's not my, that's not my wheelhouse.
0: This you would just have to exist and get drunk and just wait for someone to come at you and fight back.
1: I would be very like Denise Richards, I have a feeling. Just like chugging tequila and being like, what is going on? on?" (laughs) wait I was supposed to bring outfits oh my god uh,
0: <laughs> yes everyone is dressed to the nines and Denise is in like cut off shorts and a white t-shirt but I love that as she says she's Denise fucking Richards and she doesn't need to do anything else which I agree with
1: I patently agree
0: exactly are you a big like reality tv fan like do you watch a lot of reality tv or tv in general
1: um, I love television. I always have ever since I was a child. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think the Kardashians are, are uh, the, the reason to watch is because of like the, the, the hair and makeup technology is like they're I mean, I, it's captivating to just sit, watch them sit in a room and eat a salad and then sit in the interview chair. And the lighting and the, the technology of beauty that's going on on that program is so captivating and really just worth, worth watching.
0: I, I would agree. I think there's probably a bigger budget on the Kardashians than most. And I do, they do eat salads and they do look good in the confessionals. I would agree with that. Yes. Do you have
1: a favorite Kardashian? Um. Uh, I mean, I'm. Uh, oh my gosh! I'm OG. It's it's Kim. It's the Kim for me.
0: It's the Kim it for is. you. Uh,
1: yeah, it's the Kim for me. I she's the, she, Yeah, I'm okay. I'm OG.
0: You're OG. What about and then I want to talk about your amazing new comedy special and comedy, but. Speaking of Bravo and reality, you were on Watch What Happens Live. We're not a political podcast, but you were on with Miss Hillary Clinton.
1: Yeah, right, right when coronavirus was like a headline, it was like, oh, there's this new wild thing called coronavirus. We were like okay uh but i get to go meet hillary clinton i'm going to do this gig the world was about to completely shut down and one of the last things i did was meet hillary clinton on the andy cohen show so it was it was weird and cool and she looked fucking awesome and her clothes are outstanding and i got to dress up like her and and get respond to a balloon like she does it was cool
0: were you nervous just cause like it was Hillary
1: Clinton? I was nervous um up until the point where I was in Hillary Clinton drag. And that's the power of drag. It gives you confidence. It gives you strength, it's armor. So no, once I was in drag as Hillary Clinton and I knew that I was just there to like make her laugh, like I was, I was great.
0: Who won the competition? I forgot, or did she say it was a tie I think, right? Is, am I wrong? I think she said it was a tie. I think it was a tie. I think she was too nice to, like, pick between you and Trinity and Peppermint.
1: It's like Snatch Game. Who cares who the winner is?
0: Anything interesting happened that night? Like, you know, with Andy, with Hillary.
1: I ran into Andy Cohen when I was arriving. We were both in the elevator together. See, that's where I get nervous, where I'm, like, in drag face, but just, like, a winter coat. Like, that's where I get nervous, running into, like, famous people. If I'm completely, like, ready and, like, per- performing and, like, doing the thing, then, like, I don't give a fuck who it is. Like, I'm, I'm there. But, like, I was really, really scared and really nervous talking to Andy Cohen in the elevator. I was like, I, I don't know what to talk to you about. Oh, my God. And how was Andy in the elevator? Lovely. So nice. So handsome.
0: <laughs> yeah and it was overall a good experience just, there are queens that have said they haven't had a great experience on watch what happens
1: well the only thing that i wish would have happened was i wish that he would have offered me cocaine in his office like kathy griffin but i mean he didn't so that's my only complaint
0: that's that kidding. that is what I'm kathy does. Really no i mean she she does say that <laughs> Well, maybe you'll be back there one day, you know.
1: I'm totally kidding. No, we had a great experience. The wardrobe team was great. They brought in the fucking outfits for us. And no, it was serious. It was a good experience.
0: Yeah, it was a great show. So the Alaska Thunderfuck Extra Special Comedy Special. It is here. Who are your, before we get to that, I mean, here it is, we're here. But who are your comedic, like, References like growing up, like who were your comedic idols?
1: Oh my gosh, I mean, sorry to be so serious today. Well, no, growing up, I'm like, I don't, I, I, or like even now. I watched a lot of sitcoms growing up, so that sort of like set it up, knock it down, you know, Golden Girls kind of punchline humor. It has always been a part of my just heartbeat. Like, that's my vibe. I love Phyllis Diller so much. Like, I. I love uh, I love Joan Rivers so much like that sort of like yeah yeah Rodney Dangerfield is so fucking funny just like there's no I I like it when there's nothing like when there's nothing like naturalistic or it's it's like it's completely set up punchline like wacky fucking hilarious that's my type of that's my type of vibe for comedy
0: Joan Rivers is everything. So I would agree So with that. funny. So Literally. good. Which so uh, just like, right? Like, I mean, what is there to say? Like, just the best. Yeah. How did this special come about? Where did the idea come from this? And how did this all come about?
1: Well, they asked me if I would do it. And I said, I don't know if I should I don't know. I've always always been one of those strict glamour girls. I've never been a comedy queen, so I don't know if I'm even up to the challenge. But I decided to challenge myself and try something new and try telling jokes. So we did.
0: Did you know, well, okay, I'm going to laugh, but did you know you were funny before, like, Alaska came into being? You know, like, did you know, because look, you were making a joke, but, like, there are the, you know, the glamour queens, like, was it just obvious that Alaska was always
1: going to be, you know, a quote unquote comedy queen? I know that, I know that uh, my family always had like a sense of humor, like growing up. And I know that, I know that Alaska works better when there's a little bit of a wink or a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a knowledge of like how absurd this is, how absurd it is that, that I am in drag, how absurd it is that there's lights and a camera and, you know, like that sort of like the, the absurdity of, of it all of show business, of Hollywood, of, of media, of drag. I think that that's always like, that's always been there. Because I do, th- I do ultimately think it's completely absurd. But it's also like my life, and I love it. So
0: it is absurd, yes, but in like a fun way,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's life. Life is is absurd, but it's everything.
0: How did Margaret Cho get involved in this? Miss um,
1: Cho, uh, Ken actually. Ken, we have Ken to thank. Um, uh, Noah, she's she's lovely, and oh my gosh, she was one of the. I think she was the first comedy show I ever went to, and we, my best friend Jeremy and I, somehow scored tickets to go see Margaret Cho perform. I wrote a I wrote a paper about I'm the one that I want. Margaret Cho's comedy special yeah. movie. I wrote a paper in college about it. She's everything. And she came on and did like a Zoom interview with me about my comedy special. I was like, oh my God.
0: I agree, Margaret is a, Margaret Cho and Joan Rivers, those are my comedy gods. And Alaska, yeah. of course. So is that like a pinch me moment that like you write this paper about Margaret in college and now like she's Zooming into your comedy special?
1: It is wild. And it's again, it's the absurdity of it all. I don't know how that's even possible. But I'm really, really honored. And she couldn't have been more like lovely and helpful and hilarious and really gorgeous too. And her dog is really cute. And her house is really nice. Because I I saw it on the Zoom call.
0: I was going to say the house. Yeah. I always, I see every time she does zooms, it's like, isn't it funny how like, I don't know, you're probably always in that background. I'm probably always in this background, but I always notice when Margaret does a zoom, like she has that same background. Love her. See,
1: I put up this palm leaf sheet to cover the bedlam drag chaos that lies beneath that. Well, that doesn't even look like
0: a sheet. It looks like really nice wallpaper.
1: (laughs) Good. I'm glad I'm fooling you. See, drag. Yeah. It's drag. It's all an illusion.
0: I would never have thought that was a she. I figured <laughs> you were in some office at your house and that was the wallpaper.
1: It will be. Like it. It's not yet. Oh,
0: shit. I like it. What about, you know, cause a big theme. Well, I mean, Margaret Cho kind of brought this up and you guys kind of talked about this, you know, the whole, you know, like, what can you say as a comedian? Like, I had Judy Gold on this podcast. She wrote a whole book on Yes, I Can Say That about cancel culture. Yes. You and Margaret talked about it. I mean, I had Melissa Rivers on this show. We talked about, like, what would Joan be doing if she were alive here today? I mean... Yeah. How does cancel culture play into comedy?
1: Um, uh, Well, I I think that the job of comedians is to sort of take the worst things that are out there and and speak about them and make them a little less horrible and a little less worse so like uh so i i listened to judy gold narrate her book on an audiobook and i fucking loved it and i recommend it to anybody yes and it's like and and if joan rivers were alive i think she would still be on the forefront and still fighting against this so i mean we i i, I think it's important that we not become you know homogenous in our like in our thought. And like, and what, what is allowed to be said and what is allowed to even be thought, because that's really like, that's some fucking Orwell shit to me. But, but like, that's why comedy is so powerful and so special is because you can take those, those things that are really scary and really horrible and sort of shine the light on it and make it a little, make it a little more bearable.
0: I could see that and so in a way do you think and like there's no shade I mean, there's no angle here in this question like do you think comedians are like exempt from cancel culture it's like is the job description per se of a comedian exempt from cancel culture
1: um i don't know well no i don't think so i think you i think that uh, i think that it's important now that we are i mean we are getting more sensitive to um how our words affect people and so i don't know if you if you blatantly are are disregarding like it's like if you're blatantly disregarding how like how you are making people feel or how you can make people feel diminished with humor then like no i mean you should be held accountable for that but you know i um if it's funny and if it's uplifting, then like work, go for it.
0: That makes sense to me. A big part of this special also was your music. We saw you perform Mm -hmm. some of your greatest hits. Do you have a favorite song of yours that you have done in the past? Out of your catalog of back songs? Or is that asking you like to choose amongst your children?
1: It is really hard. I mean, Your Makeup is Terrible It's such a classic. Um, It's such a, um, it's such an uplifting message for the ages. Um, Yes, it is. uh, And I, yeah, and I really love that one. It was sort of, it was, I mean, I think it was, if it wasn't my first song, it was close to one of my first songs. And it's beautiful, but yeah, it is really hard to choose. I mean, "Vagina" is like a song about like uh, uh, feminine empowerment, and um, and that's like off off my my last album, and that's really like empowering and really fun. And um, so I I can't choose one.
0: It's uh, like asking you to choose amongst your children.
1: I can't do it.
0: Okay, you don't need to do it. What about what music do you like? Who are musical people that you love? Like I live for Madonna. Like who are your favorites mm-hmm. in music?
1: I mean, right now I'm in such a Patty LaBelle moment where I like put on Patty LaBelle's Spotify and I'm just like and she uplifts my spirit. Whether it's like something like new attitude really just is like such a banger. But like she one. can also like, she can take it down. She can sing If You Don't Know Me By Now and just like burn the building down. And her, she's just an instrument of the Lord and like such a fucking, so amazing. You're having a Patty LaBelle moment. Deep Patty LaBelle moment right now. Yes. I mean, of course, like Lady Gaga has changed my life. Cher is everything. Like, of course, like these these women are are all a part of me. But right now in this moment, I'm a Patty LaBelle.
0: I love it. Queen. What about part of this comedy special was, you know, it was filmed, I assume, before COVID initially. And then you yes. inserted these little inserts kind of you know, to deal with COVID and explain all of that. Like, how did that decision yeah. come about? I mean, I think it makes it great. I think it was a great idea.
1: Well, I was like, I was like, we did it well before the world changed. Yeah. And COVID happened and everything that happened um, in the last, like, year. Uh, and so we were like finally getting the edit back and like reviewing it. And we were like in the middle of all this, all this like cultural shift happening. And I was like, I was like, is this even appropriate to be doing, to be doing that? Like showing me in the theater with people doing this stuff, right. During all of this, that, that makes no sense contextually. And so I was like, we have to like, put it in the context of how the world has shifted that was important to me and so gratefully we were able to like have some zoom calls and you know have, have the zoom on screen conversations happening um, and just sort of like talk about it and put it in context in in the world as it has fucking shifted
0: I think it was a really good idea because...
1: Thank you. Um,
0: it kind of just, I don't know, kind of put it into a perspective of just how, like even with, like, with a podcast, you record it and then it's like old news, like same thing. You're talking about one thing in COVID and you're like, okay, this whole situation is different. now. Right. Speaking of podcasts, how do you love being a podcast co-host? I
1: um. I love doing it and I have to tell you, it has been, it has been the thing that has helped get me through this, this wild year because it was something that we were able to still do on a regular schedule when everything else got hiatus or postponed or shut down, the podcast kept going. So we, we had to stay on the schedule. We had to connect Twice a week to end. It really was such a lifesaver, and and then to the point where we were like, why don't we invite some of our friends to to do this too? So then we like expanded, and now it's like the mom network moguls of media, um, and we invited some of our like drag sisters and friends to come do podcasts with us. So it's fierce. It's
0: I fierce. I say that all the time. This podcast is like one thing that has gotten me through i think i would have literally lost my mind otherwise and just slept all day every (laughs) day for like 23 hours a day i don't know what i would have done so right and you know it's fun and it's harder work though than people think right i mean there's lots of behind the scenes with a podcast
1: oh yeah yeah. it's it's um yes it's it's uh it's a lot of work but it's good work and And we have a great team who makes. you love doing it
0: with willem and you love Will. I do.
1: She always makes me laugh. She's she's so funny. We're I I love our chemistry together. And I love getting to watch drag race and then talk to her about it because she's so fucking funny.
0: Who do you think is gonna win or who do you who who are your favorites this season? Oh
1: my gosh, talk about like choosing my children. That's like impossible. I don't well, really? um, I uh, I'm very uh See, it's hard because I'm like, I'm very team LA. Like I, I'm loving what Simone is doing. I'm, it's so incredible to see her uh, just blossom and excel on this season. Got Mick is so uh, groundbreaking and, and iconic and talented uh candy muse is one of my favorite fucking drag queens from way back from way before drag race we have a song together it's called sitting alone in the vip uh she's outstanding so it's very hard for me to choose but there's it's a really great season of drag race
0: it's a good season those are the three that i would pick out if i had to pick my top three yeah. I have a thing for Mick. Like, I kind of want, I'm all about Mick, but I think Candy Muse is literally one of the funniest people this entire season, so if not. So funny
1: and, f- yeah, and so lovely. So like, nice to work with.
0: So funny. Did you love working your Drag Queen of the Year pageant awards into this comedy special?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I love, uh, I love, um all types of drag, you know, there's, there's so many types of drag. And ever since I started doing drag, I was always working alongside every type of performer you can imagine. So like, yes, anytime that we can like showcase and spotlight, like, like all the different colors of the rainbow of drag, like I'm there for, it. I love doing it.
0: All inclusive. To every- you know. Everybody needs to check out your comedy special. It was really, really funny. Thanks. How, how'd you come up with the name, the extra special
1: comedy special?
0: I mean, to me, that's
1: so Alaska. I just kept saying it because cause we were like, I don't know what to call it. And, and I I usually like really, I, I like like really basic things. Like um, if it's a comedy special, then we just call it a comedy special. So like the, and then I was like, Then I kept saying in the show, I was like, this extra special comedy special. And then I was like, oh, I guess that's the name.
0: It's funny. It's a funny name. (laughs) It's right. It's like, is there anything else i like to give people a chance at the end? I had my own agenda. But anything that you want to talk about that I didn't bring up, this is your chance to talk about anything you would
1: like. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I think we talked about it. All and I really appreciate you. Uh, and the comedy special is coming out on April fifteenth, or it did come out. Whenever I don't know when this when this is coming out. But, One of um, those. This will be out around yeah. that time. Everyone right. needs to check it out.
0: I'll put a link in the this show so everyone can easily watch it. And it was really, really, really hilarious. So, where can everyone find you online that wants to follow you on Instagram or anywhere else?
1: You can go to alaskathunderfuck.com or you can go on Instagram and I'm at the only Alaska 5000. um, And um, I I don't know, you can find me on there.
0: Those are the easiest ways. I appreciate it. You are a delight. I love sitting down and chatting with you. You've been wonderful. Same to
1: you. Thanks for, thanks for this. This was really nice. It was great talking to you.
0: Anytime, finish your coffee, wake up and have an amazing day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear,